Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I was planning on having a guest on the show today, but that didn't materialize. So I wanted to go a kind of a different route today than I usually do. But I'm looking around our world and I'm seeing how unkind it can be. And I wanted to talk to all of us out there today a little bit about kindness, about the country that we are we are making and the country that we grew up in. And so if you would indulge me just for a little while, I just want to give us a little bit of scripture, a, a quotation from a friend of mine who, who I didn't, uh, he didn't write it, but he gave it to me a few minutes ago. And I would like to tell you a story or two anyway. And so if you would please stay tuned, I would so much appreciate it. And I want to tell you what started me thinking along this line of kindness. And what started me thinking along this line of kindness, it was late on a Friday. Everybody had left. Well, we have crew there all night, but everybody from the office had left. And I had some things I wanted to do, and I was really trying to get out. And it seemed like it was impossible. You know those days when it feels like you are running in quicksand? Well, that's how it felt. And so just as I was starting to get out to the car, trying to get all my stuff out there, in comes a service guy, and I won't mention the name of the company. But a service guy comes in, and he says, hey, I'm looking for the entrance, for our entrance to your building here. And I said, well, you know, I really don't know where that is. And I said, there's nobody here. But I said, you know, uh, I... I'll take you inside. We'll walk around and I'll try to, I'll show you every place I know of. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. So did I want to do it? No, not really. I wanted to leave, but <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect, but at any rate, that wasn't his fault. And he didn't know when we closed and he had a job to do. So I went ahead and I went over and I showed him around, and he said, ah, oh, yeah, I think it's this. Then he said, what, what do you guys do here? I said, well, I said, it's a drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. We have nightly services. When our dorm is fully repaired, we have room for, for 60 men from the street and 24 guys on our drug and alcohol program. We don't charge anybody for anything. We have a really nice women's clothes closet. Even though the showers, the main showers are shut down, we have purchased portable showers, and we're firing those portable showers up. And uh, like I said, we have a women's clothes closet. We're having some showers brought in for them as well. And uh, so we do a lot of things here. He said, wow. Now, that seems like a pretty good organization. I said, well, thanks. I appreciate that. He said, it sounds like you're doing good work. I said, well, we, you know, we always hope so. And uh, he said, do you guys take donations? I said, sure. He said, how about cash donations? I said, well, certainly. He said, 
do you think I could get a receipt if I gave you a cash donation? I said, well, sure, of course. Now, mind you, I got to admit, I don't write a lot of receipts myself, so I had to pull my old book out to give him a receipt since nobody was there. And he pulls out $3,500, and he gives me $3,500 in cash. So we sat there and counted it together, counted it a couple times, make sure it was right before I wrote him a receipt, and uh, put the money in the safe, and it's now two-something, two hours after I, I originally wanted to go, not his fault, and I'm on my way. But on my way, I started to think, you know what? If you come in someplace and they're rude, as sometimes it is, or they're mean, or they're condescending, or they think that they have to do something for you, then they're unkind. And yet, the Bible has clearly told us that we need to be kind in all situations. We need to be kind to people. And what was the outcome of being kind to this guy? He was looking for a place. He was between churches. He was moving out of town, and the the end result was he just wanted some place to give his money to before he could find his home church, and so he gave it to us. And why? What if I had been rude to him? What if I'd been short-tempered or impatient about getting out? Okay, look, you should have made an appointment. There's nobody here, and, and I don't ever want to be that guy. Uh, you know, it's within all of us to be that impatient fellow. And I don't want to be him. And so that kindness resulted in him giving us $3,500 that we can now use to get everything that we need going, going. And by the way, don't misunderstand. We're doing very well as far as the finances go for for the rebuild of the old mission part. And we're still feeding the homeless. We still have nightly services. We still have the women's clothes closet. So this is not a woe is me story. Please, you got to send me money. Obviously, every charity needs to function under donations. We don't, we don't make money any other way. However, I think it's also disingenuous to tell you folks who are our donors and who have supported us all these years, oh, please, we're just... We're, we're almost out of money. We're, we're not almost out of money. God has sufficiently, sufficiently provided for us, and he's done it through you guys. And I thank you for it. So at any rate, having said that, it started me down a long list of kindnesses and unkindness. And I see how unkind and kind, or how unkind we can be lately. You know, if it's somebody wearing a mask or or somebody not wearing a mask, if they're not wearing the mask and you don't want them near you, keep 10 feet away. If they are wearing a mask, you don't need to insult them or make them feel little because they don't have a mask on. People are afraid, some of them, to get the COVID shot. And if they're afraid to get the COVID shot, let them, if they're Christians, pray about it themselves. You don't need to heap condemnation down on them. None of us know what's going on. I happened to get the COVID shot, and I got it. Uh, My wife passed away from MS last year. As many of you know, I was sick pretty badly. 
And I primarily wanted to be able to see my daughter and her kids up close because I was vaccinated. Of course, now it's, it's all back up in the air again. But regardless of this, I think that some people do not get the shot out of, out of conscience, and some people get it out of conscience. But regardless of what the case is, do we have to be unkind and mean to each other? Do, do we have to be purposely spiteful towards people in our family and our friends? How about if you have an alternative point of view, you explain your point of view rationally, logically, and, and let everybody make up their minds. And I'm not being squishy or wishy-washy on this. I'm just telling you that, that regardless, I think that we should be kind to each other. Now, having said that, there's a lot of unkindness I see. I see it every day in road rage on the freeway. I see it every day around the mission when two guys get in an argument over something that means nothing. I see it every time that somebody has a different point of view, and instead of being kind about their point of view, they have to become mean and angry. So I'm going to give you an example. Well, first of all, let's go back a minute. Let me read you something. Uh, Ephesians 4, 25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are the members one with another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather Let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Isn't that beautiful where, you know what, you're working, but you're not working just for yourself. Hey, you know what, I'm working because I see somebody else and they're in need. Ah, you know what, I have an abundance. That's kindness. But he doesn't stop there. To give him who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for and necessary for the edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. Are you listening to that? It's not just a corrupt word that is a bad joke or a nasty word or whatever, but a good word that is filled with kindness and love that builds up that instead of tearing people to the foundation, It lifts them up, it takes them, and it connects them with you, and they connect with you, and they connect with the God that you say you love. That it may impart grace to the hearer. You know what? That guy, when he came by, he was telling me about the love of Jesus, and I can see it. I can feel it. You know what? Not only that, I was sitting there, I was kind of hungry, I didn't have anything, and And he came by and said, hey, I've got a sandwich. How about if we share? That's kindness, brothers and sisters. And so impart to the hearer that grace. Oh, man, I've been saved by grace through faith and that not of myself. I am so excited. I want you to know about the grace. I want you to know about the Jesus I know. I want you to know about the love. And you know what? I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying that, 
One of the greatest things as I reflected on my years of marriage with Olga is one of the things that I reflect of the greatest with with my walk with Christ. You know, I loved her, I love him, but you know what? You know what moved me to tears? She loved me. And God loved me. It's an amazing thing to be loved by someone. It's one thing to love someone. It's a whole other thing to be loved by somebody. And you are loved by Christ. And so it's just an amazing thing. And So it says not to, you know, that the hearer might have this grace just flow over him. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. And with all malice, put that away, just put it away. And with all malice, and here it comes. Are you ready, my brothers and sisters? Truly, I want this to penetrate your heart. It's not my words. It's God's words. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Here it comes. As God in Christ forgave you. What has anybody ever done to you <laughs> that, that you can't forgive? What did you do to Christ? So I'm just amazed at how unkind our society is. I'm just a, a, amazed how unkind even the church can be. What does we are we are being called upon as we're going to be poured out in these last days? We are called to be loving to be kind, to be self-sacrificing, to look out for those that are around us, those that are more helpless, those that we can speak the truth of Jesus Christ into their lives with our words and our actions, and that we can not only be loved by God, but love God. So, I was relating a story that I'm sure many of you have heard before, but I love it dearly. And it's from Corey Tenboom. And if I get the story wrong, I'm sorry, but I think it's pretty close. And so Corey Tenboom, her father, a, a young Jewish woman, brought a baby to to her father's house. And the pastor of the village was there, and she said, Oh, pastor. Can you take my baby, not me, just my baby, and hide it in the country? You have a country house. Can you hide the baby there so that the Nazis won't get my, my baby? He said, I, I cannot do that I, because I'd be risking my house, my land, my, my family, my church, and, and maybe even my life. I can't, I can't hide this Jewish baby. Her father, a strong man, uh, uh, a man given to Christ, a deacon in his church, walked in and immediately demanded the child, Corey, give me the baby. She was a little surprised, but she handed her father the baby, and he looked down at the eyes of this old Jewish baby, and he said, you know what? He said, I would be proud to die for this little Jewish baby. That's what the church is about. That's what you're about. That's what I'm about, to love each other in that kind of way. And not only that, 
to love our enemies. And it's so hard to do, but that's what God told us to do. And sometimes those things and sometimes just little acts of kindness are just amazing. I I was just reading a, a story again, and if I get it wrong again, I, you know, I, I didn't start off with wanting to, to print out the whole story so I could tell you, and I don't even who who it was by, but it's a true story about Ben Hooper, who was the governor of Tennessee. And uh, one day there was a couple sitting out there, and I think it's the guy that wrote this article, but this man was moving through the restaurant, and, and he sat down at their table uninvited, and he started to talk to him. Well, after a few minutes, they weren't too upset about it because he was extremely kind, very nice, very intelligent, very well-dressed man. And he started telling him a story. And he said, you know, once upon a time, uh, there was a little boy. And that little boy uh, had no father. And you know what? He loved to go to church, but he was embarrassed by the eyes of the whole community looking at him. He's just a fatherless little boy. And so they're, they're looking at this kid. So he would sneak into the back of the church, and he would listen to the sermon, and then he would sneak out before everybody would get out. That way he didn't have to face all the ridicule, the unkind looks, and the, the questions in people's eyes. Well, new preacher came to town, and I guess this guy was pretty good because at the end of the sermon, he forgot to sneak out. And he got caught in the crowd, and the preacher came up, and the new preacher, who he thought was pretty good, came up to him and looked down at him and said, Whose son are you? Immediately, the chill ran down his back, the icy fingers of discovery and of humiliation, and he thought, even this preacher, this new preacher is against me, but he wasn't. And he sensed, the preacher sensed what was going on. He looked around as everybody was looking at him, and he said, Ah, I see the resemblance now. You're a child of Jesus Christ. He said that changed his whole life. And he grew up, and, he, and he, this guy told the couple sitting there, You know, that young man grow, grew up to be the governor of Tennessee. And he said, and I can tell you that's a true story because I'm the governor of Tennessee. A little kindness went a whole long way. A message delivered with fire, but, but secured with kindness, penetrated the heart of a little boy who would sometime grow up to be a good, kind, loving governor and father and friend. So to me, those type of things are amazing. Those are the type of things that speak our Christianity into being a reality as we walk among people. If we walk among people always angry, always hateful, always against everybody, look, love them first, talk to them first, and God will give you the strength and he will penetrate your heart and you will not only walk as a man or a woman of Christ or a boy or a girl, but you will make a difference in the kingdom because of the Father who's, who's guiding you. I'm going to tell you a story about my brother. My brother is far smarter than I am. 
He is my older brother. He he took German and Latin and all that stuff in high school and was on in the chess club. I liked girls and and sports. And so I granted he's a, a fabulously intelligent guy. But the one thing that he lacks is the wisdom of knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And so I had come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in my living room, he, in front of my little kids, he said, well, I don't believe Jesus really died and rose again. I think he may have just not been dead, and, and then he came back. And So my brother had won every argument we had ever had, but this was a different argument. This was an argument not to prove that I was right, but in front of my kids, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I replied to him. And I said to him, listen, I want to ask you a question. I said, I want to get this straight, what you're telling me. You believe that they took Jesus and they beat him until he couldn't even open his eyes. They drove a crown of thorns in his head. They took him and they beat him with a cat of nine tails, which killed most men. They hung him on a cross all day. They, they drove nails through his wrists and ankles and I said, at the end of all this, the greatest executioners in the world came to break his legs but found that he was dead, but they were just wrong. So they speared him, and what came out? Water and blood, an indication of his death. They put him, and they put him in a tomb in the dark, and they wrapped him up with 85 pounds of cloth. And somehow in the middle of the night, he unwrapped himself. He came to the, the cave entrance. He rolled it back. He went into Jerusalem. He convinced the disciples that he was the risen Lord of glory. Is that what you're saying to me? He said, okay, well, I said, well, okay. Because at that moment, he had no defense. I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you tune into this program or how inadequate I feel sometimes. We're down to two minutes, and I wanted to read you something that I'm also patriotic, and my friend Steve Gasser gave it to me, and it was written by a guy named William Nichols. Oh, God, whose name was on the lips of the men who founded this nation and on the lips of the men who died for it, be with us yet. Guide us through this period of crisis, confusion, and insecurity. Keep us steadfast in remembering the truth our forefathers lived by. Restore our innocence. Renew our vision. Enter our hearts and keep us brave. Keep us as Americans the strength to do your work and to make this country worthy of your blessing. Amen? Thank you, guys. You joined me today. And I, I, I know I, I may have gone a little off the rails at times, but the reality is <laughs> it's all to him I owe. Every single thing. I have never been worthy of the love of Christ, but he loved me first. And so we're coming down to the last 30 seconds. Again, I want to appre I want to thank you. If you want to come by and, and see what we're doing at the mission, feel free to come by. I would love to have you come by. And please, 
If you claim the name of Christ, be kind. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.